So let me ask you, so what is your full name, Coach Murphy? Uh, it's Bob Murphy, or Robert L. Murphy, but Bob Murphy. And, uh, you know, I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, we, I lived in Europe when I was little. My dad was in the military. He refused bombs. After World War II, Europe was full of bombs that didn't go on. And so we were over there. My dad's job was to uh, find, you know, help find the bombs. Once they found them, he had to go in, dig them up, and defuse them, or blow them up where they were, depending on where it was. And that's what, why we were in, in France, mostly, and Germany a little bit. But uh, that was quite an education. You know, we lived all over France and, and Europe at the time. And it was, you know, but uh, then we moved back to New Jersey, where my mom and dad were originally from. And my mother's father was a, had a patent on spaghetti makers and how to roll dough and make spaghetti and attach it to your kitchen table. And he had a huge factory in Arlington, New Jersey. and and made a fortune selling these uh, and manufacturing these spaghetti makers that he had a patent. And he had, uh, you know, I had one son that died in the swimming mishap in uh, Longport, New Jersey, across the, from Atlantic City. And then he had another, so she had another brother that went on to uh, inherit that business. Anyway, we left New Jersey and moved to Levittown, Pennsylvania, which is about 45 miles from where I was living in New Jersey, which was Haddonfield. Nice, nice place. Three, and we got a three-bedroom It was a nice neighborhood corner lot. And every, every house in the whole neighborhood had the same trees and bushes. Yes, three or four fruit trees, other bushes, you know, conkers and so forth, all there. It was pretty neat, you know. And, and the big thing about it was, it was full of kids. Everybody that lived there was young and had kids. So we ended up uh, finding our friends among those kids. We had enough to have, in baseball, we had two teams. All summer long, we played the same kids. We'd choose up sides at the beginning of the summer for our teams, and we'd play every day. And there was no adults involved. And we kept home run records and batting uh, averages. We kept all of it ourselves. It was great, you know. And uh, my best friend was a year older than me. And his dad was the head of a YMCA in Trenton, New Jersey, which was across the river from, from Levittown, about 10 miles, not far. But in Trenton, he was head of a YMCA, which was huge. It was really old. It had a hotel. I guess it was about a 10-story hotel attached to the Y part. So he had the two entities. And in the Y, it was, you know, it was cool. And every Saturday, he and I, and my friend and, and his father and myself, 
would go to the Y and, and participate in the gym that in the gym activities. It was one of the biggest things in my life to learn competition. They had contests every day or every Saturday and, and every Wednesday. I learned competition there, and I loved it. And it was important to me because I was not good in school. They had a judo club there. I became New Jersey Junior Judo Champion. Twelve and under was the category. Twelve and under, and I and I was twelve, and I won the Junior Judo Championship for the state of New Jersey. And I thought that was great. I just, you know, but in doing so, the practices, the guy that was the head coach was an old military guy. I don't think he could read. Tell you the truth, Louis Zuccarino was his name. But uh, he knew judo. But he had an assistant coach that was a refugee from Hungary who, Laszlo Dimitri, who, after practice, was telling me how soft Americans were because he couldn't believe we had all these facilities and, and no one cared. And no one, you know, no one, no one was tough. But he, he took offense kind of, you know, because... In his country, you know, they would have loved that. He didn't have it. And he just thought American kids were soft. And, uh, and I kind of agreed. You know. Anyway, that it, and he started showing me wrestling moves after practice. I said, wow, you know, I'm 12 years old, pretty, thinking pretty good of myself, winning the judo thing. And, uh, so I, I, that's my first introduction to wrestling. And he was, yeah, he was very good. So I get to uh, seventh grade, and I'm in, in junior high school. And uh, we had an intramural program. And what that is is every gym class had to, had to do a, a certain sport. Every sport was covered. And, you know, wrestling was one of them. And they had a tournament. School-wide tournament at the end of gym class, you know, at the end of the teaching period for that section of sport. And I won the intramural championship in my weight class. And he said, uh, the coach came to me, and he's my PE coach, too. And he, Marvin Dent was his name. And he said, uh, you know, he wanted me to come out for wrestling. He was a polio and he had a bad leg that he limped around on. But he was a hell of a wrestler. You know, he had an infirmity, but he overcame it. And he taught me more wrestling than you can imagine. I mean, it, it, that's, that carried me through everything. It's been my, my base. And uh, so I, I, I go undefeated, I join the team. I go undefeated through the seventh, eighth. And uh, in the... I guess it was the, I won decisions in the seventh grade and pinned a lot. But in the eighth and ninth grade, eighth grade, I pinned everybody and ninth grade, I pinned everybody. In the eighth grade, it was a little more difficult. Uh, I had to come back from behind a lot because I was still learning. By the time I got to the ninth grade, I pinned everybody, and I did, I, I, almost everybody in the first grade. That's how aggressive and, and 
But I also want to say that as good as my coach was, he inspired me to go to the library and get books on wrestling, which I did. And I learned more moves through the books. And one of them I've taught since forever. And, and, and it's been modified. It's called a head chancery. I modified it. And some of my wrestlers were so good at it, they were unbelievably unstoppable. One boy, I went to uh, Chattanooga as a wrestler, and they named that move after him because he used it all the time. It was so good. They want everyone to know what it was. Anyway, I got it out of a book, copyright, 1918. <laughs> Imagine that. You should have seen the pictures. But anyway, I figured it out, and I started using it. And I was taught how to use legs. I was taught, you know, it, all this was in Pennsylvania. And uh, I used to practice with our, 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 our kids. And after practice, the high school was within walking distance. And I would go over to the high school after practice and practice for an hour with them on their mat with, and wrestle their guys. I was welcomed, and that, that was, you know, I was really excited about that. And it was extra work for Hattie, and I just loved it. And uh, then after that year was over, I, you know, I, I was all set to play football and all of that, and we moved to Utah, because my dad was in the civil service. And uh, so we moved to Utah, and, and it was a small town. And, uh, you know, small towns are notoriously cliquish, if you know what I mean. And you're the, you know, you're the new kid. Played football there. And, I, you know, I did, you know, I played baseball, football, and wrestling. And uh, in wrestling, you know, I was a sophomore then. And uh, undefeated. And, of course, at, at during football season, halftime entertainment was the fistfights on the track. That's true. <laughs> I never saw people. You talk about some cowboys. Damn. Where I lived, that town, there were houses, and in the back of every yard, they had like little corrals for horses and stuff. Everybody had a horse. You know, it was it was you know funny and uh. I didn't have a horse, but you know, a lot of people did. And anyway, it was it was that you know they're all cowboys, cowboy boots, you know, hats. And here I come with my wingtip shoes and stuff from Pennsylvania and a different, whole different haircut. Instead of looking like Elvis, you know, I was I had, I had a part in my hair and all that stuff, and I was different. And first day of school, I got in a fight, you know. And I, of course, it was a senior, and I. Ended up taking him down to the ground in the snow and uh, beating hell out of I didn't want to fight. I mean, he pushed me into it. I tried to get out of it. So the first day of school, I'm in student court. And, uh, one of the students, the president of the student body was a big guy. He came in for me and said he didn't start the fight. You know, he was attacked, and, and he did, you know, everything he could do, you know, stop it. So they let me go. Anyway, I went on to win as a wrestler there. And, uh, you know, we had four people go to the state championships, and they never had that before. And, 
I think I like, had a lot to do with it because the coach wasn't that great. He wasn't didn't know as much as the people I just left, but at least he was organized, and I give him that. But uh, we get to the state meet, and uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty damn good. You know, I'm tough. Well, you know how it goes sometimes. I will say one match I lost. I I, I lost that match. It was, and that's funny because you, David Laxton, this was his move in high school. I hated it. It's a high bridge. You know what I mean by high bridge? I think so, but explain it for us. Well, a high bridge, David used to do this. He could bridge, he could bridge real high. And a guy trying, you know, trying to pin him is what's happening. Is, is, and then he bridges out of it and flips you on your back and pins you. You got to be very strong to do that. And David could do it. Well, this kid was that kind of kid. He was that strong. He was stronger than David actually. And and I was not used to that. And I was a pinner. I pinned everybody. And I was so determined to pin. It's so easy to get him on his back. Well, come to find out and think about it, he let me put him on his back because he was counting on he could bridge me over, which he did. And I refused to be pinned by him. So the score was like 16, 18, something ridiculous i put him on his back he flipped me over and i and i look back at it and i say why in the world did i figure this out i didn't have a coach and i had a coach who would have said look let him roll just score the points which when i look back as a coach i look back at it god i would have told me look you got him totally under you can do what you want with him he can't wrestle all he can do is this so let him flip around on the mat. You just loosen up, let him do it, and then regain control on top. You see what I'm saying? It's, it, was, it would have been easy. But I was you know, hard-headed and stupid and thought, you know, I can pin anybody, and I went through points. Where, you know, and I ended up, I think, losing that match by about two points. I think it was 16-18. That's a pretty big score. So you can imagine the flipping around that went. It was kind of like musical chairs, and I I ended up the last without the last chair. Yeah, without a chair. Yeah, I've seen those matches. Yeah, and I hate. Yeah, I think back on that. That gives me madness. <laughs> the other guy I lost to uh, for third and fourth uh, consolation was uh, a local boy, and he had a his best friend. Father's best friend was our referee, so you know how that went. And I tried to argue on the man, which I shouldn't have done, but about a couple of us falls. And, and that was a no-go. So anyway, I ended up fourth in the state my sophomore year in Utah. So I'm, I'm all set. You know, I like Utah. They're pretty good. So my dad says, we're moving to Decatur, Alabama. He got a new job at the Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, which is about 30 miles from Decatur, across the Tennessee River. So I go, wow, okay. So now I'm going to school, high school number three. All right. I'm in high school number three, and I have no wrestling program at all, nothing. But I get there in the spring for spring practice football, which I wanted to play. And I'm out there, trying, you know, trying to do my thing in football. And uh, I go to the coach and I said, look, we don't have a wrestling team and I wrestle. 
can you, can I, can you enter me? I'll, I'll train on my own. If you'll enter me as, uh, as, a, as a team from the school. And he said, oh, I'll think about it. He said, yeah, what's this wrestling? You know. So he brought out all these big guys, mostly linemen or linebackers. And at the time I was about, uh, let's see, 156 pounds, 100 something. I was, you know, getting up to, I was going to wrestle 165 eventually. I don't think I was quite there yet. And um, so I get, I'm out there with these 200 pounders, one at a time, of course, and uh, out on the grass. And he said, let's see what you can do. And he got some of the guys together, and I, I took them all down and pinned them at that time. And he said, you know what? I'm going to look into this wrestling. It looks like it might work. Dude, we're still trying to do. We're still trying to get a bunch of football coaches to believe that wrestling works. Listen, I fought that battle. It's that's the hardest battle you can fight. Coach was well, he can do that because his sons. Yes, those guys. It must be something. So we started. And, we, and at the time in North Alabama, there wasn't any wrestling. We we wrestled Gunner Hill twice. We hustled four times. And that was it. That was my season before I went to state. And here's the funny part of that whole scenario. We won when I was against Leah Huntsville. Of course, their, their head coach was a football player at Kansas State. Really good running back. Nice guy. And uh, wrestling for him. But in Decatur, you know, I was the coach. You know, they had we had a coach there, and he made sure that, you know, everybody but when it came to wrestling, it was up to me. And it had been since I left Pennsylvania, even in Utah, I was doing a lot of the teaching on the side. Hmm. And, you know, so at Decatur, we start this team, we win, you know, we go to state, and I'm, I'm in state championships, and I, I, I win. I'm state champion. Almost voted outstanding wrestler. I lost to a senior. At all. So I come home. The next football season rolls around at Decatur, and I get in a big disagreement with the head coach. He benched me in offense. He only played me, only played me as I was a Defensive end, and only played me away. My home games, he played downtown. Went on all season. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Here's the deal with that. He was bad coach. He did. We were six and oh, that my junior year before I left. We didn't win a ball game. We had three good quarterbacks. The quarterback he had was our best lineman. He had a good arm, but he was a for lineman. Had, he couldn't drop back. We had to, we had to use a shotgun, which no one ever heard of a shotgun in those days. You know, yeah. This is nineteen sixty six or sixty seven, something like that. Or no, it was no nineteen sixty five. Yeah. No. Anyway, uh, we had a good drop back quarterback, and we had a good rollout quarterback that could do the job. But he took back it. Well, the reason why is in the summer he worked for a father. In a construction, he had a big construction company, and his father paid him well. And it was, 
and he played in a hometown. So I, I got an argument that was filmed after the game one and he started you know, getting on to my face about missing a block. And I said, I'm not even in there, coach. I'm on the bench. And he said, don't you talk back to me. And I said, that's it. I said, you couldn't win a ball game if you had Jim Brown playing for you. I'm sure he didn't like that. That was the end of that. He told me I'd never play another sport in Decatur again. So I went home, and I cried. I'll be honest with you. I actually cried. I walked home. I didn't have a car. I walked home and cried the whole way because I'd never quit a sport. I've never been. That never happened. And and recall, I was the best running back they had. I caught punts, kickoff. You know, I was a tailback. I scored all the points. I come to the theater and I can't I can't even get hardly stay in a starting position, offense or defense. And we used to play both ways. Right. So I go home and I and I tell my dad and he said, Well, it's about time you did this. He couldn't take it watching on stands either. So my parents are the kind of parents you wouldn't believe. He said, we moved to Huntsville. So I could play and wrestle in Huntsville. So we physically moved to Huntsville. And to make matters even worse, they moved into a beautiful house, wrong neighborhood. They had to move again so we'd be in the right neighborhood to be at league. Because they're the only one that had a wrestling team. Now, can you imagine parents that would do that for their kids? Mm, that was very few. Well, they, my parents did. And, and that, that makes them unique as parents in any regard. Now, I will tell you that my dad, growing up, I thought he despised me because I was so, I never made good grades. And he, you know, and he, when I was in the sixth grade, they tested me to see if I was retarded. That's the truth. And I came out with a vocabulary of a college freshman. And they, they told my parents that I got a whip being lazy. Which I wasn't lazy, it's just with dyslexia, things don't work right and no one knew about dyslexia. Yeah, it's like it's like you see these things. Like, yeah, I, I read a lot of books and there's things that I read and it's like, oh, that makes a lot more sense about my life now. So I'm a big proponent of people reading books and getting the information to help understand. Like you like you said with your wrestling books, you know, reading it helped you understand moves. Right, but, right. Go ahead. But the point being is that uh, I never had any confidence in my academics, but I, and I never got any attention. And, and every every kid needs something to, to cling to and and for me you know not being academic i started off in junior high school as a class plan you know anything for attention and i did stupid things but when i started getting attention for sports that all stopped that wasn't cool you know that that was that's big if you think about it it changed me sports changed me that way to the better well, so we get back to Wooden Lee, and, and I, I walk in, and, and it's uh, the end of football season, and I got into wrestling season. And, of course, at Lee, the head coach had never wrestled. Oh, i got to tell you the story. 
uh, at Lee, they had Coach Wilson had one kid from New York. It was a really pretty good wrestler, right? He was a year. He was a sophomore when I was a junior. Tim Law, and he told me after I moved up there, he said, "You know, when we wrestled you, he said the one thing I was sure of that we would win at least one match. Guess who was in my weight class? A kid from New York." And he didn't win four times, I didn't. He said, I couldn't believe it. He said, I was sure that would be the one match I could win. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, Tim Law and I became good friends. And he, you know, he became a, I think he was a champion. Not the same year I did. But uh, anyway, I went on and we had wrestled there at the state championships. Now, at that time, they were, North Alabama wrestling was starting to grow so big that year, they had a separate state championship for the beginning schools a week before the regular state championships. And, and Lee won hands down, and they gave me the Outstanding Wrestler Award. My coach told me he didn't even vote for me. He said, you're not a beginning wrestler. <laughs> That's yeah. my fault. He said, I didn't vote for you, Bob. He said, and I want you to know that. He said, I, you know, I admire what you do, but I voted for so-and-so because he's a beginner and he won a state championship, too. Yeah. I said, that's okay, coach. The rest of the coaches were important. Yeah. Well, I've been wrestling since 12. Well, I mean, that's good, though, that your your coach was, you know, kind of holding you account uh, to a higher standard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love the guy for it. You know, I said, and I and I understood. I said, you know, it, it's that's fine, coach. Yeah, you know, it I, I, I doesn't bother me. I, I can understand your point of view, and you're right. Because that was in the beginner's tournament that he voted for the other kid. Now, in the regular tournament, I won that too. I won with pins. I did. And I was voted outstanding wrestler in the state. Did your coach vote for you that time? What's that? your coach vote for you that time? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, of course. Well, there's only a difference in the week before. That was supposed to be all beginners. And he knew I was not a beginner. And that's why I didn't vote for him. And he told me that's the only reason. He said, you're the best wrestler out there. He said, I can't. You're not a beginner. I'm going to vote for so-and-so because he is a beginner. And I said, okay, Coach, it's okay with me. I understand. You know, I told him everything he knows. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of a compliment to me in a way because Coach Wilson got out there, and then he would get us to do our conditioning part, and then he would bring me and Tim out there to demonstrate different moves that we knew. We didn't. And that's who did the instruction for how to wrestle. And that's what I've been doing at Decatur. That's what I was doing in Utah. And it all came from Pennsylvania. All right, so this is your junior, so this is your junior year, right? Correct, that you won? It's my no, my, this, by that time, I won my junior year. Yeah. Then my senior, that was at Decatur, my junior year. My senior year was at Lee. Lee of Huntsville. Oh, that's right. Everything, everything that year at, at Lee. So four, four, year, four high schools, four years? Yeah. And traveling, man. I love it. So anyway, I get to, uh, you know, all the, all the athletes and all that. And Auburn was coming to Auburn came down my junior year. And recruiting. So, can so you, you before you, I was only a junior, that came my senior year of recruiting. 
Well, before you get into before you get into that, can you tell? So for you know guys like me, um, I'm about thirty right now, thirty three. Yeah. Um, yeah. For us, SEC SEC had already got or the South had already gotten really rid of D one wrestling. What was it like back then to have all these options and people like Auburn coming and recruiting you or Alabama or? Uh, here's the, the truth of the matter was the only team at the time in the South was Auburn. And there were a few little teams. The other big schools hadn't gotten in yet. It grew so fast, all of a sudden, uh, I guess what year was that? It wasn't my freshman year. It's probably about my, well, let me think. Because I ended up wrestling all those guys. It had to happen around my sophomore year of college. The sport of wrestling, in colleges, everybody got a team. Right? And um, there's a lot of rumors of why Alabama did and all that. There were a couple of guys here recruiting. They wanted the same thing I wanted. They wanted to play football and wrestle. So, you know, Alabama can do that. You know, oh, okay, we'll make a wrestling team. I know, he was really a football coach. He wasn't like it was the same thing. You know, where a lot, of, a lot of schools hire uh, football coaches and then they uh, open a wrestling program and stick a football coach in it, and that made it as as for me as coach a lot easier to win because I know they're not learning. You know, for the most part, so. In the beginning, it was a little easier being you know, coaching. But uh, at any rate, let's be, does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we, we're not with all the schools yet. The only choice was either, well, I said, you don't have the grades to get into Auburn. We want you to go to Athens College as a team. And we want you to go there and get your grades up transfer. So I went to Athens College, and they said we dropped but he said, Troy has a program. So I called Troy up and I said, uh, fuck the F, right before. And I said, uh, yeah, I'm, the, uh, I'm a state champion. I'm Leah Muscle. And I'm looking for a wrestling team. And they said, Mom, now, you're our guy. You know, and they gave me a part scholarship. Actually, it was a job. My job was to go to wrestling. Anyway, uh, and run errands for the athletic department. That was pretty cool. So I, you know, I go to I go to Troy. Once again, at Troy, in four years of college, we had four coaches, all of them inadequate football coaches, and one golf coach. And I read one of the job descriptions for wrestling coach for Troy one year. I, and they said, looking for a wrestling coach, no experience necessary. Holy smokes. So that's what we got, no experience at all. He was the golf coach. Anyway, so you got to know, who's doing the coaching? I am. All the time I was in court. And uh, some, some years, the guy that hired to be the wrestling coach didn't show up. It was up to me, organizer. I had a few friends. 
good friend from New York, but he was two years ahead of me. And he helped me, and he was pretty good wrestler. It sounds like that was a theme throughout your um, your high school and college career. How was that? Um, how was that being a competitor and also having to coach these kid? You know, these kids that are your same age that are you know your peers as well. Well, the, the, the thing about it is, I could pin everybody, including heavyweight, on the team, and I was you know I was one sixty seven pounder. My first two years, and I one seventy seven pounder. My next two years. Then I could still whip everybody on the team wrestling. So they listened to me. I guess that was it. That's the only thing I could figure. And, I, and not only that, I was totally uh, involved, totally absorbed by the sport. And they knew it. They could see it. And I, you know, and, and in a way, when I got into high school coaching, it prepared me for certain, you know, Problem. The biggest thing I learned is we better know the rule book because there's a lot of people in the South that, that have coaches that don't ever read it, and referees that don't ever know it very well. So it's, I will, I'll tell you that just before I was, when I started coaching. Yeah, so, 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 so you're. I, 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 did, I did things. I coached things. My first year, my first year, I looked around when I was coaching. I looked around what everybody else was doing. I, I wanted to figure out how to coach. And then also, uh, I wanted to teach things and know things that, that no one else was doing. So they wouldn't know how to defend it. Things like, you know, my fireman's fairy set. I'd make 12, 13 different sets for the one move. This is why you were at Shirley? You know, hand hooks, underhooks, you know, how to switch them over and, and fake the guy out. You're, you're working on one side, you're attacking really from the other side. You know, all these things, I, you know, I've studied, thought of, and worked on, on math. I've got ideas about moves that didn't exist. I'd fly them on the mat. Sometimes they worked really good. Sometimes they didn't. I, I was never shy about asking any coach. If I saw a move on the mat that I never saw before, I would go find out from that guy or his coach, if he would tell me, what the heck he just did. And most of them would show it to you. And then I would go back and teach it to my kids. It was that good, you know. And I, what I'm trying to say is, you can learn from so many different sources if you want to, and, and that was so important. But uh, having having said all that, where am I now? I'm in college, right? Yes, sir. So we go through football at Detroit. We won national championship. First time was on. Wait, you said Troy Troy won a national championship in wrestling? No, no, in football. Oh, football. So Troy won, the, yeah, we won the NAIA national championship. Uh, second year, I was there. Okay. That coach, we got a new coach my first year, Billy Adams. He was, he had played football for Buffalo. 
and he treated that team like a pro team. We, yeah, he had fines. He had five dollar fines. You know, that, that's what I learned on that football court. He was good. I mean, he, I hate him. I hate him. I despise him. But I, I respect his coaching ability. He, he, he taught me more football than he, he can imagine. You know, but at any rate. So, in wrestling, I'm, I'm going through, through uh, four years of four coaches. You know, and, and we had moderates to and a lot of failure in the sense that we are outclassed by everybody. One year we came within heavyweights of beating Auburn. That was exciting. And then we got Omen for Auburn referee, who was the head referee for the Southeastern Conference Referee Association. And I went, instead of the coach going to the referees meeting at the start of the year, the referees explain the rule changes and the rules and so forth. So here's the thing that they, they had come up with that year. This is why I, it was so bad when we wrestled Auburn. Because we could have beat Auburn that year. I thought we were winning right there, right down, and we had a really good heavyweight. And Auburn had a pretty good state champion in that too. Anyway, our heavyweight puts their heavyweight on the Here's what happened. In the meeting prior to this match, this the re- head referee says, if a guy is on his back and he's hollering, I'm hurt, don't stop the match. Go ahead and call the pick. Because he could fake to get off his back. Hey, that's exactly what happened. The kid from Auburn had been injured by the kid from Alabama, who was a brute, hurt his rib. And everybody at Auburn knew about it. We didn't read it. Anyway, our heavyweight put the kid right on his back, and he's got him pinned. The kid's yelling, my ribs, my ribs. Of course, the referee is an Auburn guy. He's from Auburn. And he knew about the ribs. And, and so he stopped the match. The very thing he said you don't do. He said, you call the pit and stop the match. Well, they stopped the match. The kid's side rolls our heavyweight pins. And we end up losing by two points. That's it. That would have been everything to me. You know, as a guy trying to keep wrestling as a wrestler. So, that really, you know, huh? It, you know, it's the. Oh, I mean, you know, that's politics and wrestling and homers. There's two kinds of referees. You got stupid and, and you got homers. Now, I can't tolerate stupid, but I can, I can, as long as they're stupid for everybody, you know? Yeah. It's the same stuff that falls on everybody. It's the homer that, that really I despise because they make calls to influence the health. And, and you get those too. So I became an expert with the rule book. I read that rule book inside and out. And, and especially when I started coaching, when I left Troy, started coaching, I was coaching things that no one did. No, no one did the Grandy role. I was doing the Grandy role. 
let me tell you how that was difficult. Because a lot of people had one head referee in state championships. My kids were Grandy Rowling, former state champions, and putting them on their back. And they, we weren't getting points. We weren't getting control. And I, and I go to Tony Cleveland and I say, here in the rule book, and I, I open the rule book, I show him the pictures, I read and underline, because I knew ahead of time we used this move. I used to have little clinics before we went out during dual matches with the referee in the in the locker room. I said, we're going to do this. I opened the book. I said, we're going to do this, this, and this. And this, what's, this is what it looks like. So you'll recognize it when it happens out there. And about 50% of the time, they'd acknowledge it. The other 50% of the time, I had to protest and say, you're missing the, the, the move. And I get the rule book. So I, I indexed my rule book with tabs get to the pages fast enough to, to, because when you get excited out there, you're, you're, pro to, you're at the score table, you, you get the referee at the score table, you got to find the rule that you just screwed up. So I ended up indexing certain pages of my rule book according to what I knew the referee was going to screw up on. You follow me? Yes, sir. Am I boring you yet? No, you're fine. I'm just listening, man. I'm loving it. Like I said, I'm 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 enjoy I'm enjoying it. Like we still I'm don't worry. You don't worry about boring me, man. Like I said, I'm I'm having well, fun listening back. I'm just saying that that's that's the kind of thing that you have to do in order to uh, educate the referees. You know, I left. I started my first coaching job was at uh, Jacksonville High School, Jack State Lab School, and at the lab school. Uh, if you if you have a junior high and high school together, they're allowed the junior high kids are allowed to participate in the high school program. Right. Which was great for me because I had a seventh and eighth grader. One was second in the state, and the other was third in the state. Imagine that. So let's so let's um before we before we get into the high school, um, let's continue on with your college. So you're at Troy. You go open speed Auburn. Oh yeah, yeah, I left out. Yeah. No, you're fine. You're good. So I end up at, at Troy, and, and uh, every uh, conference championship, I lost the championship. I was second three years in a row. Well, that was a big disappointment to me. Yeah. One of them was to a kid I beat three times. Oh. He got pointed. And I know what I did wrong. I relied on my fireman's play to take down for two points and almost every So John he knew his wrestling. After he three times, he said, stay away from the fireman's. Well, I go into the field without all those points. And I'm a good rider and, and, and a good hitter. He was a good wrestler, too. By the way, I got out. I didn't have a coach tell me things like, you know, I was, you know, so used to get away with that move and relying on that move that, uh, it, you know, it, 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 it relied on too much of something else that can't move. Some other things like that weren't. Like David Blackston, he's a double leg guy or a single leg guy. I didn't do this. Because 
and to me, that was a lot of work for possibly two months. Whereas if I, I hit this move, I get two plus two or three more if I don't care. Right. Is this where is this where you met? Is this where you met Coach Laxton? Is Coach Laxton? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I met him at the league. He was I was a senior and he was a freshman. Okay. And uh, yeah, and, and when I got to be a college coach, but after four years or four or five years, I was still eligible for football. So they, they made me the and I recruited Laxton to be my one eighteen. Okay. Oh, right. I remember. And uh, so he came to me, but then I got a big, you know, left the trade by uh, the athletic director. You want to hear that story? Yeah, come on. Well, I go to, uh, he's made me head coach. I've gone on a recruiting trip during the summer, all the way up north. Went to a tournament in Washington, D.C., me and uh, one of my other wrestlers. We entered as a team, the two of us, and we we faced uh, first. We both won the championship in our teams. And we had enough points to be first. We got a first place trophy as a team. And, uh, in the D.C. AAU Open. And, uh, but up there, it was part of the recruiting trip I was on, and I, I recruited three or four wrestlers. And I went off, you know, all the state championships in Alabama, you know, all, you know, during the year before the summer, you know, getting ready for the next year. Trying to recruit, because they had kids coming from all over. And I was promised, you know, if I took the job as head coach, I was promised this brand new wrestling room that I showed them what I wanted and what I would do. And they said, yeah, well, that's my problem. Yeah, you have it. And then I, I showed them uh, what, you know, half scholarship, like, you know, you had like four scholarships, you cut them in half, divide them up among kids, you know, and work studies. Something I could use as a recruiting goal. Oh, yeah, sure. I promised all the stuff. So I come back and I, I, I called, into, called into the athletic director, which was the head football coach. He didn't start off as a He became, uh, well, I was there. But anyway, he says, Oh, I got bad news for you. The athletic commission has met and they decided to drop football. What? I said, I've got kids coming from all over. And he looked at me and he said, if they're any good, they wouldn't be coming here. Mm -hmm. said, you they came here. You know? Yeah. He say that. Because he knew it would get under your skin. Pardon me? He knew it would get under your skin. Well, he did, and, and I, he said, but you could still have a job. Uh, you know, you're, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep you on as a football coach. And I said, no, I can't do that. I, I, I got kids that will, that, that is a betrayal that I can't live with. And that's when I walked away from it. And I, I left and went to the beach. And I became a beach bum that summer. Well, the rest of the year, I guess. I worked at a place called Beach Party in the city. It was fun. Love girls. Good times. <laughs> now, I'm a little ahead of my... Well, no, I did that. And then I get an offer. My brother says to me, he's at Jacksonville State. He says, they want to have a wrestling program here. I'm looking for a coach. So I went there. 
I've offered a blind school. I said, no, I don't think so. But uh, I put the drops in on job. I didn't have a teaching certificate. I was just I was going to graduate school. I was taking, and by the way, I majored in psychology and history, double major. Okay. And work on, you know, things to make a living unless you have a which I realized. So, anyway, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm in graduate school, I'm doing pretty good. Here's, here's me who, who is dyslexic and, and in graduate school. I'm three hours short of my and the school says to me, the high school says to me, look, we want to hire you full time, but you got to get a teaching certificate. So I had to get out of graduate school and get into the education department and get a degree in education. Which I did. Mm -hmm. and while I was doing that, they kept me on as a coach to help pay for it. So I am a coach in that Mm -hmm. I was here two years, and we we kicked ass on everything. And actually, actually, you know, two years and I, I left and went to Vincent Valley. I had trouble. I had trouble everywhere I go. I was very intolerant of people. I don't know how to explain it. You know, some people quite confident. You know, they don't like him because of his attitude. A very confident and winning everything. There's so many. Let's say there's a lot of people that don't. They just kind of. They see you as. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. You just have a, you have a strong. You have a strong personality. They don't like people. Right, and this is at Jackson. This is at Jacksonville. The principal of Jackson did not want. Superintendent hired against the principal's wishes. That principal was all my ass. How did you do while you were there? How did you do while you were there at Jacksonville? Uh, great. I'm trying to remember what we placed this day. We were like second or third day in our first year. It's not bad. Good we you know, that was because of the Grand Rolls series. I put that in. Hardest thing about that was getting the referees to recognize it. But eventually, over the period of a year, they did it over 15 years ago. And that was, you know, leg riding, stuff like that. Now, I had one kid one of the leg ride. You know, you know what leg ride is. Yes, sir. And I said, look, I can teach you this stuff right here. And I love the craft. You know, I used to think before the hand dogs. And I know things on leg riding. Anyway, I said, I'm going to teach you this. But you're going to lose for a year until you learn how to do it. Because it, there's, you know how it is. You, you got to know what you're doing up there. Because there's so many counters. And, you know, you can get in trouble. You're too high, you get too far back. You gotta know how to position yourself and you need to learn that. You're gonna you're gonna get beat. You're gonna get thrown on your back, flipped over or whatever. And I, I, I sure enough, that's what happened. That's 
In Jacksonville, God, I love this. I went through the hallways. I grabbed kids. I'd see a kid. I saw one kid three of them walking down the hall. Look short. Walking down the hall. And the way he walked, I said, that's a wrestler. He never wrestled. He looked like And I went to him. He's something in the state. It's nice to so he was a wrestler. <laughs> so say so you made him a wrestler for sure. Oh yeah, but he, yeah, he has some natural talent, but and, and a willingness to learn was the great thing. He just loved it, and uh, so and then I had another kid named Dalton, who was a seventh grader that was third. Thing about him in the in the uh, regional championship. Qualify for state. He just looked at his knee. Mm. I almost threw up. I thought he was ruined for life. You know, the skin all the story. Yeah. I thought he was ruined. The doctor went out there and talked to the clock in place. And he said, Now he'll be all right. That's your Constellations and won those and started the state. I mean, that was, you know, that was amazing to me because if you'd have seen his name, you'd have thought he'd never see another. He wouldn't be able to walk ever. But he was just this little kid, you know, he's out there kicking butt. So, that was, I love that. This kind of I did. So, so um, how uh, how long were you at Jacksonville? Two years. I had a fight with the. I had a fight with everybody. I had a fight with the principal. He was trying to get rid of me. And it was over racial. We were that was back. Immigration was just starting, and there was a lot of heat. A lot of let them do what they want to do. Seems like it is now. I had a lot of great black kids on my team. Love. They're welcome anytime I'm home. They know what I told them to. And they're like, Because I'm not saying games. This, this whole, it's not, it's, it just happens to be, it's, it's racial, but it's attitude. And it was, it was, in those days, you had a lot of bad attitudes. I go to the library with my class. I know it from, 
dog posts in the library. Bopos Right. I said, you got to keep the noise down over here. What my friends They said, hey, brother, you're not my teacher. You get what you want to do. I said, hold on, you're in a library, and yes, I can. And the kid goes up and does chest to chest with me and bumps me in the chest. So I tell him backwards. The next thing I know, I'm being. Buddy jumps on my back and starts punching me in the back of the head. He starts punching me from the front. Thinking, holy God, then I turn loose. And I'm swinging in every direction. And I think to myself, I cannot do this in the library. So I pop, I, I look at the one kid that started it, and I grab him by the shirt or the coat, and I jerk him over a chair. And he falls down, and I'm, I start, I don't want to take him very long. And I'm dragging him out the bike, and he's dragging his heel. I'm dragging him out the door and down the hall, and his buddy is running behind me, trying, trying to get, uh, get, get his belt off. He's threatening, I want to come back with a shotgun and kill him. I get to the office. My shirt is all ripped off. I get to the office, and I try to tell the principal what happened. And he lectures me in front of the students, those two guys. He says, don't ever put your hands on a student. I said, you're out of your mind. I said, wait a minute. I don't have to put up with this. I'm going to go home and change my clothes. And I'm not listening to what anything you've got to say. That's the principle. So I go home and I get a call from the superintendent. And he said, what happened? And I told him, and I said, I quit. I'm, I'm not. I'm not doing this. This is bullcrap. You know, you're not treating. No one treats me that way. He said, No, no, don't listen. We're the, the board of education is meeting in We want you to be there. I said, No, I'm not begging for anything. You know, I worked hard for you this school. And I've put my whole everything into it. He said, I know. He said, Just come down and tell them what happened. That's all we want. You I said, look, I said, I'll go down there, and I want the principal to be in that meeting, in that, in that room with me while I'm there, when I'm talking. He said, well, we don't normally do it that way. You come in, give your side, leave, he comes in, or whatever gives his side. I said, no. I said, no. He's going to be there when I'm there. I want him in there. I said, okay, we can do that. So here I go. I'm going down there to meet head to head with my immediate boss, the principal. His boss is superintendent, superintendent's boss at Board of Education. And I'm a first year teacher. You know, I was you know, I didn't think. You're not you know, you don't treat people that way. I was not used to this new let them do what they want to do at it. Right. So so you well go ahead. Well, we're sitting in the meeting. He says, you know, the principal spoke first. And he derailed me and how I was so bad. I did this, that, this, and this. Now I've got a full member of the Board of Education. So I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm but the principal gets to talk to me. He asked me to come up to me. Right, okay. What's the interesting part about this? And it's like this. 
this is kind of what we're going through as we talk the way back when. This seemed to happen throughout my coaching career. You believe in things of our age. You respected your coaches. You respect, you know, you work hard to make them better. Anyway, I'm in there, and I, and and it was my turn. So I looked at those guys and I said, "Look," and I pointed at never never named. It's the only dumb dumb. He wore a bow tie. He hated. Every time I, I spent more time in the office than the students. He called me down for every little thing. He called an infraction. I'll tell you what he did. Uh, we would have evening wrestling matches against schools, and I, I would be the last one to leave the gym, and we'd be by the back door, mostly. And he would leave by the front door. He used to come down and check us out. And he called me in this office two different times and said, Coach Murphy, we can't tolerate this. You left the gym and you didn't lock up. I said, yes, I did. You, you know, but you didn't. We, the police came to my house and told me the front door of the gym was open. Wow. That's not right. So it happened the second time. I went out the back door and I was in the parking lot and watched the principal go front door open it go inside and come out and not lock it he called me back in for that he said i left it open again and i said no. so i'm telling now i'm telling this story to the board i said you know mr valentine but i didn't call me this this man right here is creating frankenstein monsters i said they can do whatever they want there are kids afraid to go in the cafeteria, afraid to go in the bathroom. They'll be robbed or beaten up. I said, you know, what's it going to take? And I looked at that call from What is it going to take? I said, your son or daughter can get accosted in the bathroom before you wake up and see what's happening in this school. I said, you know, I don't, I can't tolerate that as a coach. And if that's the way it is, I'm out of here. I said, now there's a wrestling match tonight. And if I'm still coaching here, I'm going to finish this wrestling match. And I got up. I didn't ask to leave. I can stay. So we went and we were wrestling. Northern Alabama team. We were kicking their butts. Superintendent comes in and kind of signals to me to come over the I gave him, wait a minute, some snacks on. So I go over and he said, I guess I can tell you that after you left, the board met and decided that you're right. And we're going to, we want those boys disciplined. And they told the principal he had to get disciplined. He should have been put out of school. He gave him three licks with that, which weren't anything. He didn't get it. That was what he, and he reported that, and they said that was. Sufficient. So by that time, the head football coach has had enough of that guy too. And he was offered a job at Pennsylvania Valley High School, a brand new, just built high school. And he helped to live in behind the high school on a little lake. 
Where was where is Pinson located? Uh, north of uh, Okay. North of So back to Alabama. Anyways, real little
all the authority I could muster, you know, and bowed up as much as I could do. I, I was not little myself, you know. I was about 20 pounds, you know, worked out all the time. So I got attention when I went in. So when I got things calmed down enough, I actually turned into the office of the cafeteria. Not to the office and told the vice principal what was going on. He said, well, I'll tell, I'll tell the principal, Sanders, the principal. So I run back, and, and, and it's all starting back up again. I, I get separated again every 15 more minutes. And I go, holy shit, there's nobody here yet. So I run back down to the office, and I, and I go in and tell uh, the vice principal, oh, yeah, well, he let. So I go in and see the principal, Sanders, and I tell him what's going on. And he said, oh, he was reading the newspaper. I said, there, there's there to be mayhem in the cafeteria. And he said, oh, okay. And at that time, the guy that hired me, the supervisor of all these guys, walks in. And I said, boy, am I glad to see you. Mr. Sanders, and I pointed to him. Did he tell you what's going on? I told him what's going on in the cafeteria. He said, what do you mean? I told him. So he said, Let's go. I said, I'll go down there. You wait here. He went down there and straightened it out. And next thing you know, all those people in buckets. He came back and fired. Right? Hmm. So Sanders is going. And, and, and looking back, I wish he had kept Sanders. Because Sanders, he didn't do anything. But he didn't get in the way. But the guy he did hire next did get in the way. He wanted certain people to be certain things. He said, you know, he took me out of my class and put me in other classes to give a girl my, I have a major in art. He gave it to a girl who had a minor in art to teach that class, which, you know, I'm a pretty good artist. I paint, I sculpt, I use pottery, I, I can spin a wheel, all that. I do all that. And, uh, but he took me out of that class and he, he put me in I, I got a psychology class, which, you know, that is my other major. And then they gave me a history class, Alabama history, which I never So I had to read the book. I love history. I, I never took just Alabama history, but the world history and all. American history. And but Alabama history was, you know, a little more nuanced. Anyway, and I had a couple of studies. But uh, the principal that I got called me in the office after three, three years. One more year, and I'd have tenure. And he decided he wasn't going to rehire. Didn't want to give you that tenure. Nope, he did not. He told, and he called me in the office and told me so. And I said, yeah, in other words, I'm fine. I, I said, well, have you talked to the PTA? Uh, he said, no, I don't have to talk to the PTA. I said, well, there, there's, because I have very good rapport with the parents. This is that Pinzer? Yeah, Pinzer. Great. Well, how was the, so yeah. how was, how was the wrestling team while your tenure was there? How did you do as a uh, wrestling coach and how did they do as a team? Right. We didn't win the state championship before close our years in a row. Now, the irony to me is, then, one irony is, I left Jacksonville. And next year they won, what, three or four state championships in a row. 
And the coach told me, he, you know, he never wrestled. He said, but your kids did the coaching. My leftover, my little kids I got out of junior high school right. were still there. And the other kids were still there. And they were teaching each other. And they wanted, they wanted us, yeah. You know, that was great. And he told me, he said, without, he said, I would have never won this state championship because it, it, it was the boys that you left behind did the coaching. That made me feel better. But well, here I am and now at a new school doing the same thing. And we're right there, you know, third in the state, fourth in the state, second in the state, you know, regional champions, you know, that kind of thing. We won everything. We beat the defending state champions was Gardendale for for the regional championship. So anyway, uh, so this happens with this principle. Can I, uh, does that answer your question? Yes, sir. The, uh, we, we start this with the principal, starts this with you're not going to be rehired. And there were, there were people in the group uh, that didn't want me back. They, they, they were a click. The principal's going to run for public office, I find out. And there's another edge to the story. We used to pack, everywhere we went, we packed on the side way and we packed our gym on both sides every, every minute. We, oh, let me tell you this strategy. The first year at Pinson, in order to get the type of following wanting, remember, you're from Florida or Alabama? Where are you from? I'm from Florida, sir. You probably wouldn't know. You might know. There were two teams in, uh, in Birmingham. They were nationally ranked. Woodlawn and Bank. Do you remember ever hearing about them? No, sir. They had a quarterback. And a great running back, Woodlawn. Both went pro. One went to Alabama. That's his name. You'd know it if you said Anyway. He had a brother, too. Rutledge, Rutledge, remember quarterback from Alabama named Rutledge? I believe so. He was the quarterback, and then there was the black running back. It was so good. <laughs> anyway, long story short, uh, they played their games at Legion Field for Alabama plays in Birmingham. That's how good they were. They, and, and they had a game against each other one year. They packed uh, that whole stadium. The whole college, you know, stadium was packed for a high school game. One high school game between the two. And I think thanks for it, but it was close. And uh, anyway, so I get down there and think to myself, here is Woodlawn with its bank for these great reputations and football teams. Everybody knows it. So I scheduled in front of the student body, my first match to introduce wrestling to the school. And I brought Woodlawn in. Well, the, the top ranked team at the time in the, in the country, the high schools. What did they not understand that I did? These teams don't wrestle. They just play football. 
So now we're wrestling, and I can win, and everybody will be impressed because they're so great football teams, and they, they don't equate the athletic ability. If you've got athletic ability, you can beat anybody. Oh, no, not exactly. You better know what you're doing when you get on the mat. We beat them 66-3. to What an introduction. In front of the student body. It's a great Woodlawn High School. And later in the year, we beat Banks similarly. So, guess what? You're going to get a lot of talk, a lot of a lot of people attention when you beat those kind of schools. And again, they weren't wrestling schools, and I knew that. And I and it was maybe I won't say it was unfair because they had teams. I just scheduled them. But to schedule the first one in front of the student body. I had second thoughts at first because my guys were your guys too. You know, and, and I, you know, I got it scheduled. And I thought I had them ready, and I really did think they were ready to go. And I thought, God, this was what if I, I'm wrong in front of the dude? And they did. All the all this would have been in reverse. Do you see what I mean? Yes, sir. I had that that little twinge of second thought. But it didn't happen that way. It happened just the way I thought it would. They didn't know what they were doing. They thought they could just come out and grab you and throw you on the back. And there was, there were no, they were way out players. Right. And that really set the pace for the next three years. It was stuff like that. It was great. You know, we, we beat so many people with reputations. Incidentally, again, I leave three years at Benson. I leave there, and they win what two or three state championships in a row. Now, who do they beat? My former team. <laughs> it's like there's a trend. Well, I thought so until I got to uh, Jack, not Jacksonville, but uh, Wakulla. What did you? Uh, were you at Ed White in between Pinson and Wakulla? Yeah, yeah. I had that one year at Ed White. I didn't know. I, about Ed White. I, I, I got a, I got a dude that has a uh, got some information for me. Really? Yeah, well, it's, you, we, it's all, it's all Coach Laxton. Ed White. I got, I got out of the whole thing. I got into construction for a while with a friend of mine who had a construction company. We're supposed to be partners. It didn't turn out well. You know, I was down in the keys. I love the keys. You know, guys, the other guys I was working with, him, drugs, had to go pick them up in the morning. You know, these little, awful little trailers. I mean, they, you think of a trailer, you think of a big long wide trailer. I thought of those little ones, little teardrop ones. Uh, you know, these guys would come out, they you know, hung over, you know, they dragging. God, it was awful. You know, they, uh, and, and at lunchtime, they would crack open the beer, and the day was over. So after a few months of that, I just said, yeah, this is the day. Yeah. We were building a house for the guy who found it. He didn't know about the of gold and all. I think so. Heard about it. This guy, he was looking at, looking for it for years, 
Anyway, we built a house right now. It took forever. And it wasn't that much to it. It was actually a pre-fab house. All we had to do was put it together and, you know, put things where fix it up after, you know, you bring the two sides in and elevate it all still. Anyway, that was that was what we were doing. And, uh, and these guys were just drunk every every day. They drink about three cases of beer. And then just start smoking them. So I said, that's it. So I called Buddy Maney, my teammate. He was at Wakala. And see if there was any jobs available around that were. Somebody suggested Ed White High School. I'm trying to remember who said that. It might have been. But he gave me a name of another school. I can't remember who it was, but that guy told me Ed White was looking for a teacher. When I get Ed White, they didn't want him. Not Ed White. That was, you know, that was Middleburg. Actually, I taught at Middleburg and coached at Ed White. Middleburg was 20 miles from Jacksonville. Ed White. Middleburg was a very unintegrated little town. A lot of wealthy kids. Really cool. Right. But they had a wrestling. And I went in to be his assistant and asked if he needed any help. I was glad. And I didn't have to get paid for it. I never done nothing. He didn't want me. He, I think he understood that I would probably get in his way. Maybe more wrestling than he did. And he didn't know much. I started talking wrestling, and I said, I'd be glad to help you. And he said, well, I don't really need your help. He said, but uh, Ed White High School needs a coach. In other words, not here, bud. So I, you know, I decided I wanted to still coach wrestling somewhere. So I drove, you know, 20 miles or wherever it was to Ed White every day. Took uh, the job, and it, that, it was the worst environment. You can imagine. Didn't I start telling you about that? I believe so. Anyway, it was a bad environment. The kids, I'm not going to say they weren't athletes, but they really weren't athletes. But on the other hand, at Jacksonville, they weren't athletes. I had one or two athletes. The rest of them were just warming kids out of the hallway. I had, what, three or four band kids wrestling. Okay. Yeah, I mean wrestling's a sport well, that. Dwayne, Dwayne, he was captain. Was was uh, I played drums in the band. Hey, wrestling's where you right. build you build people, man. Well, that you know that kid was. I had some great kids. The Jacksonville really. I'm, all all my coaches were. I had some great kids, but at Jacksonville, I had character. And I had uh, the kids I had. They had to have character, and that's the one thing I learned as coach. If you're going to be in my program, you better have character because it's hard. I make it very, very hard. My theory is, and I'm fine, maybe I'm wrong. My theory was, you know, you get on that mountain. I know how it is to be out there. You want all the gas in the tank you can put, and you want to prepare yourself for hard times when you're behind or 
you know, when you're tired, yeah, that's when you got to reach down and find something and pull, pull hand. And I try to do that in practice. I try to tell them and set them up. One of the things I used to make them work real hard during or at the end of practice, we'd have these things. And then, you know, I'd say, and, you know, and, uh, at a certain time of the three o'clock or five o'clock or whatever, practice will be over. And then I would yell in the middle of the drill I just gave them. It was, you know, it's dog time. I'd yell overtime. You got to go again. Oh, you should see him. Let me go back for a second to Pinson Valley. Go ahead. We got so good at Pinson Valley, those my kids did, that they could run no matter how hard I made them practice. They seemed to just sleepwalk through it. I could see that. It was, they were so, yeah, 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 coach. We know I can do, I can go all day. And I tried to make them go. I realized that they were getting lackadaisical. And so I did something that we do in football. I said, two a days. You're going to be here in the morning for the next week, every day. At, uh, what was it? 6.30 in the morning, practice set until 7.30. For an hour, hour and a half, I practice. Now, it wasn't because they were out of shape. And it wasn't because they did anything wrong. They didn't know that. But what I knew was I had to get their attention. And that's the only way I could think of it. And let me tell you what, I got their attention. They bitched and complained, but they also were bragging to their friends, yeah, Coach Murphy's got us doing two-a-days. Yeah, that idiot's got us doing two-a-days. To everybody, you know. Well, that's what they do two-a-days. And that's when we won the, the regional practice. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how you get it done. It wasn't, it wasn't because they were out of shape. It wasn't because they were bad. It was because they got taking everything I gave them so easily. It was like they were sleepwalking through it, and I could see it. And I thought, how do I get their attention? Well, there's, there was my answer. All right, so it's just good. innovative sometimes, you know, or things you wouldn't think. Well, let's go back to Ed White. Trying to do that, Ed White was it? You know, damn near. I told you the last time I talked to you. One of the things we do at the end of practice is wind sprints. Gut check. And I talk the whole time. I don't just start them. I, I try to explain uh, situations. It's third period. You're down by two points. You know, what are you going to do? Suck it up. Now, go, go, go. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Everything, every drill, I try to verbally set up possibilities in their head why they're doing this. You know, and... uh so I go down and I say, all right, wind sprints. And I get three or four kids. I'm not doing wind sprints. I didn't do anything wrong. Why am I doing wind sprints? We didn't do anything. They saw it as a punishment. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait. Well, I'm not punishing you. This is something we do. Oh, I'm not doing it. I'm not. Holy smoke. You know, I finally got them to run the You know, it, it took, I bet you, it took 40, 30 minutes to get everybody's at, you know on the same page and they still didn't want to do it 
that, you know, that was kind of the attitude. But then I told you about the guy with the guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and tell that. Go ahead and tell that story. And then another thing, I, I went to a tournament. Well, it's, I mean, you know how you take a half break at noon, or you know they they take a break. Yeah. For lunch or whatever. Well, here comes the police with two of my wrestlers. We're caught traffic. Holy. You know, this is humiliating to me. I don't have those kind of kids. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm beside myself. I, you know, you're done. That, yeah. You know, this is what Ed you know, White was. And I forget how we placed the state that year. I had that one kid that was 34. The kid that, you know, wanted to hit me with a coke bottle. Yeah. He became a really good wrestler. I'm so proud of him. But it, it wasn't easy. You know, I had to go through all that with him. You know, and after that, we did okay. Uh, one of our big moments, I'm trying to remember, it was coached by a guy from Florida. Florida State. Florida. State. Florida. I'm trying to remember his name. He used to wrestle when I was wrestling. We knew he and he, you know, he was he was also a champion. I was a champion in the SEC, so it was a well. I called the SEC. It was the SEWIA. He was in it. It was all. It was. I told you about that organization, didn't I? Yes, sir. Sweet Buck started it from Auburn, and he included all the schools. And that was a good thing. Anyway, he wrestled in Florida. And he was, you know, he just in Jacksonville. He was the king of wrestling until I got there, and he got worried. And uh, he started taking, trying to take away my some of my moves, my head chancery, for example. He uh, he told the referee it was illegal, and it wasn't, but he, he convinced him it was. So one of my kids, that was his move. He was pinning everybody with it, but uh, you know, I would teach things like you know, uh, I call it a Japanese wizard. It's really an underarm throw. Yeah. You know, you, you come under the arm, but you throw. Yes, sir. And it's really, I don't like it for myself, but I, I, I caught it. And I had one kid that did it in Pinson. He used to use it all the time. Ten people off time. It was really good. He got it down. And then uh, on that head chancery, they uh, had two kids that, that modified it to the point where it was almost unstoppable. Both of them were state champions. But they, they actually, instead of doing it the way I did it, they did it differently. They, it's almost like a ducker. They pull on the back of the head, duck under the arm, automatically arms come up. And you pull it back forward a little bit. Then you duck under and keep that there. Somehow they step in. That's how they modified it. It's amazing to me. Independently, one was a tension. Ronnie Davis, and the other was uh, and that was a Shad Washburn, three-time state champion. Second is freshman year. He was unbelievable. Well, so getting so was this uh, Ed Ed White when this guy was trying to take away the chancery? Uh, yeah, the, the, the Florida coach convinced the referee that it was illegal. So he took that move away from my kid, which, you know, really pissed me off because 
That one's not in the rule book. It's not a picture of it anyway. But uh, there's a lot of things, you know. I was just on this, I can't remember. But, you know, I think we've got some couple of times. We beat them once, they beat us. But it was like, holy smokes, you know. Uh, I can't even remember what school he represented. But he was the big cheese when it came to wrestling in the Jacksonville area. You know, because it was like, what, State high school for something in that area? I don't know how many. They got a lot of, a lot of high schools. Mm-hmm. But he was like the king of wrestling in that area. And uh, he went, you know, here comes Ed White. He got wrestled, you know, coming in and, 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 and beating him. He's not, he's not having it. You know, he's like, holy smokes. So, anyway, uh, they call me in and tell me they're going to build their whole athletic program around me. I said, you're, you're kidding. I said, I, need, I, don't, I want the keys to the gym. But we can't give you those. Then I can't be the coach of that. The kind of program you're talking about, I work on holidays and weekends. We practice all the time. Well, that piece, I can't do. They said, oh, kid, you're not giving me anything. So I said, well, I'm not going to be the coach here next year. That's how I met Jacksonville. And then you went over to Wakulla? Yeah, I went to Wakulla from there. Now, Told you about some of the other the kid that beat the boy from Orange Park. No, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and um, retell it like everything about it. Is Wakala where you spent a lot of your career? Say that again. Is Wakala where you spent a lot of your career? Yeah, well, I said the longest time Wakala was. Like, I don't even know how many. I say 14, 15 years. All right, well, let's start from the beginning of it. How did, uh, how was it coming coming into Wakala? Was it a good program, or did you have to build from scratch again? No. No, no, Buddy Tomani was the coach, but he was not an enthusiastic coach. He was, he was, he loved football more than he loved wrestling. And uh, I don't know how long he coached it, but uh, when I called, he said, I'm getting out of it, Bob. He said, I need somebody to replace me. He said, you want the job? And I said, sure. And I don't think they, they had all that good a record. You know, I don't think he was... But he, I don't think was that enthused. I never asked him what, what his record was. I don't know that they had how long they had a team. All I know is when I got there, they he wasn't. No, he wasn't close. I'll tell you what, they had another guy that was not a teacher. He just came in and had wrestled in college somewhere. But he was a thrower. He liked he liked the Greco-Roman throws and all that fun stuff. And I don't. I don't want to. Not in, not, that's good freestanding. I don't like it. I don't like trying to throw in a scholastic dance. No, I, I didn't believe in, in, in that's what he, he believed in. And it's too too much over under. And, you know, you know what I'm talking about over under. Go over your head kind of thing. Yes. yes, sir. He believed that's what he used to try to teach those kids. And I, I said, no, no, we're not doing that. I had changed everything he taught them. I had, he, he used to come to practice and watch me and then eventually leave. Because he, did, he wanted to do it his way. Anyway, I, 
I, I, I just, that wasn't the style I was teaching them. Actually, before, you know, give laxness some credit. You know, before I got back into coaching, I went to David, and I said, I've been out of it for a few years. I get my head right. You might have to come to your practices so I can remember how to organize it. Totally different life coming out of peace. And I went to and I sat in on a few of the practices and got my fit together, you know. And I give David a lot of credit, although we coach differently and have different philosophies. He's, he's, he's a great guy. Was this while he was at Swanee? No, this is while David was at Swanee. Uh, okay. So I did, he helped me get back on track. Coach, it didn't take long, different few days from funding his practices and watching his organization, and then all all of a sudden, flipped, come back in my head. You know what I need to do, how I'm gonna do it. And, but that's David, a big part, helped me re reboot. You know, See, there's the tech. I got re I had to reboot. I understand. But, uh, oh. It'll reboot. So where am I on the conversation? So we're at we'll call it we're, we'll call it your first year. Yeah, you're at we'll call it your first year. You had sat in on a couple of uh Coach Laxon's practices to kind of get yourself back together and then you're starting up at Wakala. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Well, I actually I'm not sure if it was before Wakala or before Ed White. I'm not real sure. It's so long ago now. It had to be to get before Ed White. It had to be what I first tried to get back into coaching. I needed to reboot. Okay. My mind. All right. So then we're yeah. we're starting at Wakala. So at uh, at Wakala. I had, I had to really, I had, again, many different principles. The best principle I had was a woman. She, you know, there are there are people in the education business, the principals, the administrators. You got, I call them, the can-do and the can't-do authority. You know, you got principles that are can't-do. Now, what do you want? What is it you want but you can't do it? So it doesn't matter. And tell me what you want. Then this woman was attending. Tell me what you want. We'll figure out a way to do it. And I like those people. You know that that's that's so unique. And she was just that way. Anyway, I try to remember who, who was the first principal. Oh, um, it's, it's been so long. You're fine. Anyway. Well, how was the wrestling coming in? Minimal. Very, very minimal. Because Buddy wasn't coached. He had the Southern guy. He used to come every once in a while. The Southern guy was like, a, he was in the sheriff's department. And he used to come in after work and he was the referee team in his way, which all the things he taught him, 
based on that resistance. Here I am, first year at Wakala, and the guy gives me the most trouble. His father is the head of the, uh, they call parents down there, the Board of Education. He's the president of the Board of Education. His son gives me the most trouble. So I kick him off the team. Oh. Yeah, his father comes down. What's going on? Tell him, you know, your boy is not going along with our program. And I'm not going to have you disrupt the program. And he'd be good, but he doesn't want to do what I tell him. And he said, Tony, he said, I know what you mean. I'm full support of whatever you do. I'm sure that was a load off your mind. Well, not, I didn't, that time, I, I want to say I didn't care. I didn't do this kind of thing before. So, you know, I wasn't surprised by anything. I just ready to say, look, you want to win? I'm here. You know, I'm here to try to do that. You want this other nonsense? I'm not going to do it. You fire me. That's it. So, Fortunately, he agreed, and, and I have to remember, the son laid out a year and came back. I think that's what happened. I don't remember whether he stayed or left out a year. But later on, I ran into him after he became a coach. And really enthusiastic. He, he apologized. He said, you know what it is. I, you know, honestly, it's it was the marijuana. I mean, you know, that's when it all started happening. Back then. You know, everybody was pothead. I remember giving a talk one time to the team. I think it was. I should have done it intensive this time. I didn't. I don't think. I might have said something. Well, maybe I did. Yeah, probably. I think I did. This is the talk I give. I understood that they might be smoking pot with their fingers because a lot of peer pressure, and I'd say that. But if you're smoking pot, quit. Don't be smoking pot during the season because you, you won't be winning, and I want a winner. You'll be a loser. It'll rob you of your enemy. And I see more kids go down the tube because of that. I don't know if you get any good, but it's, it's kind of the, the way I approached it is realistically. If you're going to do this, it's up to you. Like you should, but if you're going to do this, you're not going to be on this team. Don't do it. You're going to hurt this team. And this is about the team. Right. So, like, find out or hear about anything like that, you know, you're gone. All right? Yeah. Well then, all right. So you're at you're at Wakala. There's minimal wrestling. How long how long does it take you to get the uh, the Wakala machine going? Let me think. God, that's a good question. How long? I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. We it seems like we've finished in the state always, always in the top ten, but most of the time in the top five. I I, I don't remember. How we did that first year, I know it wasn't bad. 
Because, because we've had again, we've had stands. Oh, by the way, when I was at Pinson, we practiced hands way in. And I used to go into the office and talk to the secretary and say, boy, we must have made a fortune last night. Look at me and say, well, Bob, really? She's got the proceeds right here. It's not what you would think. Somebody, the principal, the guy that wanted to fire me, was stealing the money. Hmm. He, was, he was running with big dogs trying to run for from public office and he was trying to be a big deal and spending a lot of money and you know going to work and, uh, and I think you know so it came down to either he stole the money or the secretary stole the money so they couldn't figure out which so they promoted both of them out of the school that makes sense no, it, you know, anyway that's what happened there I got in a fight. No. I, got, I went to the state tournament after I had left. This is I'm going back to the valley. The principal and the coach they hired in my place after I left. And a couple of my wrestlers were on the mat, and one of them was in trouble. And I, I came down close to the mat and started yelling, you know, like I was the coach, what to do. I love the kid. He's one of my best friends now. Ronnie Davis. And the principal up in the stands uh, asked to talk to me and says, I don't want you talking to our wrestlers. You know, and I looked at him and I said, you don't tell me what to do. I'm not a student. I'm not a teacher. This is my domain. I've been becoming the state championship wrestling uh, matches since uh, I was in college. Since I was in high school, I think some of the first wrestling matches. And you, think, you don't tell me what to do. You're in, you're in my territory now. You're a fat old man. Boy, he got red in the face, and I thought we were going to fist fight. And he just didn't know what to say. And I, and I said, now, either go home or sit down. How's that? And let me get back out of there. It was after our Olympics finally I went to watch state championships. No, I get you. So we're at Wakola. We're trying to get the machine going. So, oh, that, by the way, that Ronnie Davis, he was something. Uh, we were wrestling in high school, and he had a state champion in his match. The kid was cradle expert, right? He had this cradle, he, he got everybody. You know, you know, cradle guys are dangerous. I, I hit, I, I was, I was a cross-face cradle guy myself. I had a series off of it, but if I could hit that cradle, lock that cradle up, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're dangerous. I mean, when you wrestle a cradle man, a good one, they can throw it from anywhere. You know, I used to have a tape with, what's he doing? Yeah, that's it. Greatest cradle guy ever, leg guy ever. He was on the cover of the movie. I think I know what you're talking about. I was actually, but I was just listening to uh, Wade Chalice, and he was saying the exact same. Oh yeah, yeah, he was saying the exact same thing. It makes sense because he was like, you, you can hit a cradle from any position, from neutral, from yeah. 
I had this, all his tapes. I used to watch it. I used to teach some of the stuff you just can't teach, though. I mean, it's just, it just, like, I did things you just can't teach, too. You know, you, you just got to feel it, you know? Right. I, but there are fundamentals to what Charles is teaching, and I taught what he taught, you know, to my kids. I also learned the counter to the cradle. And I saw it, I watched that kid use that cradle on everything. I took my kid's side and I said, look, put him off on the mat, side down on the floor over there. I said, he's going to do this. When he throws that leg in, you do this, and he'll land right on his back. I promise you this is going to happen. And he got out there, and damn sure that's what happened. He shot and he pinned the kid. Then he wrestled him again, and, and I think in the regional, and pinned him again. And the kid quit. He was a senior, and my kid was a senior. And all he had was that brain. Like all I, you know, like, like fireman's for me, he couldn't get away from that damn brain. He should have. But that was everything he had. And once you, once you, and it was only one cradle, too. He wasn't, and he didn't use a lot of them. Once you figured out how to stop that move, you get a good Anyway. You still there? Yes, sir. I'm here. I'm listening. I said, I, I'm, I'm having a, I'm and loving. No, I, my, my phone came up like, like, Yes, sir. We're uh, we're your past your first year at Wakala trying to get everything started. Yeah, well, we, we did pretty good. I, I think we had a pretty good season that year. I had the best booster point. Now, again, I think I mentioned this last time I talked to you. I got eliminated about money. Remember that conversation? I do, but go ahead and refresh it because I, I actually am, am fuzzy on it. Well, it's a small town. We're called a very small town. Right. And mostly uh, woods are funny. You call them strippers. Not strippers, mostly, you know, because it's near the water. No, I know. We, got, we, got a, we have a pretty big uh, Wakala fan base over here. The the uh, they are the best people, and, and those kids, those ones that pull those crab, oh, crab, that was a big industry. Crab and baskets, they pull those and the back and arm muscle, all the well. I had some of the best wrestlers I had with were crab crabbers, you know. Right. You think about how you pull that crab, you know, two hands pulling that crab trap. I've been on a, I've run a crab line or two just to see what it's like. It's hard ass work. You ever run a cra- crab line? No, sir, I have not. But I know I've bailed hay before, and I know that's hard enough. Pull the traps, you know, and it's a, it's you know a long string of buoys that you run all right along each one of them and pull each one, dump it, bait it, put it back, and you run the line, and it's it can be a mile long. Yeah, I don't know how long. It's you know the more crap, the more crab. You know that was the idea. Anyway, this was made to really without even having to lift the weight. Right. And they were little kids. They were. Yeah. 
parents were great. They would add one for my heavyweight. That's that's real story. I think there was a football player that had wrestled a little bit. I think it was like, and uh, he, yeah, he's about six four, about two forty, two fifty, something like that. He's a good looking kid, you know? and I was trying to get him to wrestle. He didn't want to wrestle. He's lazy. Now, now that little short guy, the way he's about, I don't know, he's sixty. He's about. I don't know, five, eight, five, nine, little round, you know. And um, he kept telling me, look, I want to go out to wrestling. And I kept, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm like brushing him off when I get this other kid. And uh, when the other kid didn't show up, well, he did show up, this kid didn't. And that kid just didn't come back, big guy. The little short back guy. It was incredible. He beat everybody. I figure what he ended up finishing third or fourth in the state. That's it. I was excited about it. Then I got a girl pregnant. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 Well, so we're in a... Oh, go ahead. Good mullet line. And he would catch mullet. He would, he would prepare them, smoke them, and, and prepare fried mullet dishes and deliver them for money. You know, you could buy a mullet dinner from this guy, and they would bring it to your house and take the proceeds and give it to the wrestling team. Can you imagine that? No, it sounds like he... I mean, you, do you see he that... Fought the, he fought the mullet. The ladies from the boosters prepared the mullet and delivered the mullet to people to buy. So it sounds like all you had to do was go in there and just coach them kids. Well, you'd think so. But even that, my well, the more money you have, the better off you are. And I, I took it, kept taking it a step further. Not only did we do the mats, you know, I told you about that, and I, and I worked a deal with the bank and uh, with the Hardy family. They could put their name on our map in big letters, you know, and that's an advertisement for them because we, and they knew we had the gym, everybody was seeing, and they got something for their money. They also donated money to buy t-shirts and all the trophies. We didn't pay for anything. How about that? That's what I call a booster club. Now, it did help that the banker's son rested for me. Right. And, and, and he, was, he was decent. He wasn't great. He was decent. And, and, but, he's, you know, he, 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 he won quite a few matches. He's pretty good with wrestling. And uh, Hardy, I guess, went along with the program. He could get, you know, the community support that he wanted. And because we were hot. I mean, we were the most winning team they had. Of course, the football team was really good. They had been won a state championship prior to me getting there. And uh, they were always in the hunt. So, you know, we were, they were the other big dog. And we, we outdrew basketball everywhere I ever went. We always outdrew basketball. I don't know how to explain that. But we packed the gym 
And you go into a basketball game, you might have, you know, 30 people in, in the stands. But for wrestling, it was ask, ask the ask. That was exciting, even when we went away. And that's, when you look up and you see a white match, your side, everybody's there. Their side, they got 30 people. That, you know, you got to feel pretty good about that. Right. Except the sport deserved more attention than that. That's the only downside. I knew that I was doing something. It's not a pencil. One of the things I did in the career, I believe in this everywhere I went. I believe that kids want their name in the newspaper. They want to be recognized. A lot of times, coaches don't call on the score if they lose. But I, I believe in falling in the score, win or lose, because among those losses, you've got things that won. And, and if you want them to grow your program, kids need to see their name in the paper. Well, I believe in that. You call up, no matter what, you call up the newspaper given the results. Okay? Now, the thing is, I got into and the time, I ended up on TV, a little TV program they had there. They had two of my wrestlers, one was in the sixth grade, and he, well, I was coaching in high school, but also started an independent team from the middle school. And uh, little kids, you know, that I used to coach, another person for them. Because they didn't have a coach, and I wanted to start a team. So I have Peter. Right? So I had these two kids I was working with and people freestyled them. And they were pretty damn good. They could do anything. You know what a backstreet play is? Yes, sir. That. One was in the sixth grade, one was in the seventh grade. Anyway, we were on TV. And it was a thing that people in, in Tennessee Valley were thrilled that, you know, their cool guys. These little guys were on television. Yeah, I mean, it's just like yeah, everybody. Everybody must have watched that show. I didn't even know it existed. I mean, honestly, yeah. like that's a big reason I'm doing this show is because I remember for myself as a as a kid in middle school, like we had a little tiny section, but I could rush to the newspaper, look at Seven C, and see Jordan Cohn wins over you know whoever, and that was a big thing. To right, me. right. You know, kids... absolutely. But that doesn't happen unless somebody calls it in. Follow me? Yeah. And, and so I realize I can't rely on anybody else but me. So I'll call it in. Make sure it gets in the paper. Oh, by the way, Jackson, I want to start building programs. This is funny. I, I started in Jacksonville. I told the kids in because most of them were, like I said, in the band and the kids out of the hallway. And they were real goofy, you know? But they were in like technology. A lot of them were military uh, children. Their parents were in the military right off as a base right off of Jackson on Anderson. Anyway, one of the things I told them, I said, uh, get on the yearbook stand, number one. And there's a school paper. Get on, somebody get on the school paper. So you make sure we get covered. And you're, it will be in the school paper. And when the yearbook comes out, we want to be in that yearbook in a positive way. Smart pictures of our, of our match. That's smart. Well, absolutely. You know, you're going to build a program. You 
got to get the publicity and the recognition for those kids. Otherwise, they're not going to have it. You want other kids in the school to, to wake up the next year and say, wow, did you see that thing that was wrestling in the in the paper or in the yearbook or whatever? And, and they want to, then they want to join. You see, that's how, that's how I built it. And, uh, by the way, when I got to Wakulla, uh, they gave me the band room through a lot of argument. The band room practice in. And there was another room next to it. We had to tear the wall out in order to make the room bigger. To accommodate all the kids who were coming out for wrestling. I was thrilled about that. That's the first time anybody, I think it was the woman, the principal that allowed that. And they put the band somewhere else. Well, it sounds like things got going at Wakulla pretty well. Yeah, we could we could get a few mats in that room, and we did. We did I had those two mats that got through Marty's hamburgers and and we put two mats in that room, and it was. So you come in at Wakulla, you get your program going. You got a yeah. great fun, um, you know, booster club on it. Um, can you walk? me through the first uh, couple years, you know, that five to five to ten years? No. I don't remember. You know, I know we always did well right away. That's the way I coach. I coach moves that take kids to their bats. Knowing your, your sport, and, and, and the thing about Alabama was pretty easy to beat people because you mostly had football coaches then. You know, so I don't deserve all that great credit, I guess, you know, I was up against uh, football coaches that were just getting a paycheck, you know, and, and uh, but then there were some that were very dedicated and had great athletes, so that sometimes was hard to beat. And, uh, but, you, you know, uh, Florida was not quite the same. Florida has a lot of people from up north that transferred down there, mostly southern Florida. After a while at, at uh, Wakulla, I realized that we needed to wrestle we, we had to get out of Tallahassee area to get the competition I wanted our guys to have. So we went down to South Florida and wrestled uh, in tournaments with Miami and people like that. And my big stud, not big, he was at that time, he was a three-time state champion and second in the state his freshman year. Now, I'm going to tell you about that kid. He never wrestled in his life. I think I started to tell you about it. He was in trouble all the time at the junior high. Yes, sir. Uh, Wayne, uh, Chad Washburn, and I, uh, and I didn't know about his trouble at the junior high. You know, they he showed up for wrestling. Said, you know, I'm uh, going out for wrestling, and I said, great, hey, you know. And he he, he was just he never wrestled, stud, and uh, he he beat everybody. He learned the sport so well. He was so such a natural learner for that. And, you know, and I thought, you know, this, this kid's great. And uh, he beat everybody. Now, he ran up against a kid from Bowles High School. Do you know about Bowles? Yes, sir. I do know about Bowles. Yeah, they, they recruit. And they, you know, all, all you know, private schools have that, in Florida, have that luxury of recruiting. You can't, and now it used to not be able in Alabama to wrestle a against a uh, private school because they, they can recruit your your best athlete right out from under you or get them from all over the country. 
which Bowles used to get, you know, transfers in. And they would go as far as to give their parents jobs. That's the truth. So anyway, he goes up against this kid from Bowles who's a state champion. And in, in, in our tournament, and on our, oh, that's another thing about tournaments. I was the only coach in, in Florida that hosted two tournaments a year. One at the beginning and one at the end. Right? Right. Anyway. Uh, so we went down there to wrestle them, and uh, he got beat by this kid. Real close match, but he got beat. And that's his freshman year, having never wrestled and being undefeated till he wrestled that kid. All right, so he's got one loss going into the uh, state championships. And he wins the region and goes to the state championships and finds that kid in the finals. That's who he had to wrestle in the finals and got beat again. So he lost one kid twice. Now, that kid was, excuse me, a junior. My kid's a freshman. The next year, my kid put, puts on a few pounds, and he said, well, what, what's uh, that guy wrestling? Uh, what well, weight's he wrestling? And I told him, 25 or 25. And so he said, I'm losing down to 125, Paige. Uh, I said, you know, I thought to myself, wait a minute. You're going after him? Most people be running away from him. No, he went after him. And so his sophomore year, the next year, we have him in our tournament in Pimsy. My kid pins him. Then we go to the regional championship, and he pins him again. And the kid quit. Didn't even go to state. That was his senior year. He couldn't beat my guy at all. I guess after having been a state champion, he figured, you know, I don't want to tarnish it any worse than that. But it was no, he just couldn't beat my kid at all. We got invited. Have you ever heard of this uh, Pennsylvania Challenge? Uh, which what is it? The, up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, there's a group of uh, wrestling enthusiasts that uh, invite all the state champions they can get from Pennsylvania, the best ones they can get out of Pennsylvania to this tournament of champions. Only Pennsylvania kids. Then they, in each weight class, and then they go. These guys go out that run it. They go out into the country, the whole country, California, you name. And they'll, they get the best state champions they can get against Pennsylvania, only the Pennsylvania kids. Yeah. Pennsylvania wrestling is great. They still do. I believe, I believe they still do that. Yeah. All right. They invited me and my wrestler, Chad Washburn. They paid for everything, flights, food. They treated you like a king. I mean, I was very impressed. And I, I think I told you my kid lost in a the, probably the most exciting match there. That was uh, kind of a 16, 18, or it was close. It, it was all about the Grammy and the Chancery. And he, my kid, got caught a couple times. That kid from Pennsylvania was pretty sharp. And and it was mostly what we did that he countered. You know that uh, put us you know, debt point deficits, but we scored on him and thought we had him pinned several times. But he was able to get out of that and come back. That was great. Oh, it was great wrestling. Unfortunately, we didn't win that match, but it was that good a match. And you know, the whole uh, the whole tournament, they all crowded around to watch it because they knew that how good both kids were. And I've had that happen with another my other wrestler 
when he wrestled up, up the Fending State Champion from Miami. Uh, that was, that was, you know, my kid's a two-time state champion. That kid's a two-time state champion. And I'm wrestling at the same match. Well, um, so speaking of your state champions, can you tell me how many you have uh, over the years, um, how many you've had? I, mean, I don't remember. You know, I never thought about it, how many numbers, and I don't have statistics with me. You know, I didn't keep, the girls, we used to have the stat girls. Right. Yeah. Well, um, how, can you talk, well, can you talk to your six? Uh, they're, they're all true, but uh, I, you know, things come to mind about things you do as a coach. And I remember at Pinson Valley, for example, you know, I usually get a girl with big stats and be mat maids, that kind of thing, right? Right. Well, I'm in the uh, I'm in the gym, going walking through the gym during gym class during the day, and in the gym classes they're going on, and there's always this one skinny kid. He's actually got his face in the corner like he did something wrong. You know, skinny, pale, uh, you know, probably about five, seven, you know, little guy. He couldn't weigh more than 120 pounds. Anyway, he would just be there every day and never participating, and they didn't make him. You know, he didn't want to even dress out. If he did dress out, he just stood there and trembled. And he's very introverted, to say the least. So one day, I, you know, I was wrestling season to come about, and I needed a scorekeeper. And I thought to myself, I wonder if I can help this kid. And uh, so I went over, and I, and I talked him into being our scorekeeper. He didn't want to at first. But then he, he said, okay, I'll do it for you. And he didn't want to talk to the guys. And I then, before I, after I did that, I, I talked to, to, to the kid. I, I went to my team before he went in there, and I explained what I was doing. I didn't want them to make nobody make fun of him, because they would have. And I said, you know, I'm going to punish you severely if I catch you making fun of this guy. Well, he turned out to be the greatest scorekeeper we ever had, valedictorian of the class, and he even mentioned how important it was to him to be the scorekeeper of the wrestling team. Imagine that. Mm. And, and, he, and that's what he said in his speech as valedictorian. That's a huge role. You know, I feel like a lot of coaches don't give uh, the managers, you know, a, enough responsibility to grow as people. Well, it was a special system. was special in the case. That here's a kid who had no friends, was introverted, and, and, and didn't want to ever talk to anybody. And he barely did in front of any of the kids. But if, if he walked up and asked something, he would tell them statistically exactly what he wanted to know. But he didn't want to carry on a conversation. His parents were very strange. And so was he. But that broke him out quite a bit. And it made him a different person over a couple of years. Right. And uh, some of my wrestlers that I talked to still call me and on. Yeah, you remember? Uh, God, well, I can't think of his name. Yeah, the way he coached, that was the best thing he ever did. He was that's great. That was great, you know. And I, you know, I thought that was a good idea. I didn't think the kids would appreciate it, but I thought it was good for the, for that boy. And you know, it's things like that, I guess, that, that change attitudes of parents and of administrations. They should, if they don't. And some people, you know, it's only about them. When you got to, you know, look at well, what what else can I do? You know, as long as it doesn't hurt my team, what else can I do? Uh, I learned a lot 
you know, being, you know, I never, I never thought I'd be that good a coach because I thought it was intolerant, too intolerant. And I thought my biggest problem would be the parents. And it turned out that they were my biggest asset. And then I had never knew that. And, and in every school I've ever been, the parents were the best asset. I would tell you that uh, in Houston Valley, McCullough uh, especially, I had coaches come up to me and say, the only reason I come to your tournament is for the hospitality room. They had deer. They had, you know, you, you, deer. I mean, they had air, stew, uh, deer stew. I mean, these ladies, and it was, you know, everybody hunted in that area. And there were, there were people that spent more time. You should have seen that hospitality room. It was huge. And it was, it was full of food, good down home cooking. And really, every way you look, different types of food. And I, that's a true thing that the coach said, you know, hey, the only reason I come to your tournament, coach, is because of the health down you know, you know, I know about important things about how to be a coach, you know, and things to avoid and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I say, you know, I've been real successful in the restaurant business here when I left coaching. And I've done other, I was in construction. I built, I used to build condos on the beach and duplexes on the beach here. Uh, you know, a lot can go wrong in that business, but I was cruising along pretty good. The point I'm going to make is the thing I think I did best was coach. And it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Not in financing, certainly, but in art in, in the things to stay with you the rest of your life. Now, I may not remember things because I'm getting older, but uh, the kids haven't forgotten. And they still call me, you know, from time to time. And one of them is one of my best friends. And also, and, uh, you know, he comes and visits me and stays over, and I'm going down this place to stay with point is it's the most rewarding thing the only thing I don't like about it is some of the politics and I'm, I've got a real bad bad attitude towards a referee that's a homer you know what I mean by a homer? yes sir we talked about it last time okay yeah well I don't tolerate I can get I can as long as the guy's terrible ref for both both sides but when you see one that picks on your side, then I, that's intolerable. And I've seen it so many times over the years. <laughs> I took a JV team over to, and they moved Bay. And they, you know, to wrestle them in a little tournament thing right there. And they had one referee. My kid was, oh my God, no, it wasn't even my kid, it was somebody else. Just two other kids. But it, this is what happened. It was so funny. The referee got down to look at a pin, and guess what he did to get down? He was kind of an older guy. He put his hand on the back of the kid on top, his weight, to get down and look under the thing that was getting pinned. Can you imagine? That would be that would be upsetting. He, he flattened him out. Holy smokes! I, I, I said, "Did you see that, buddy?" Buddy Tomani was me. I said, "Look at hey, this guy." Hey, he, he had a, he, he had somewhere to be, you know what I mean? I had one referee. I, used, I studied that rule book. I, every every nuance of it. 
and I, you know, and I and I put it in a order in my my head, and then I add the pages that that do the things we're going to do. I know ahead of time what's going to be the problem from experience. And I kind of so in, in Florida, you have to go to the scores table in order to talk to the referee. You have to walk up there and wait, and then they can hit you with the full question by uh, what do they call it? My ruling, my observation, not my observation. You, know, you can't question my fault. Right. Just quick. The authority. Rule book changes. For me, that I'm not. I always worded my protest in a way that it was very cleverly done where I didn't question his authority. I would turn, make statements that would sound neutral. And then I'd show them in the book. And next thing you know, and then I had this one referee. I used to do it all the time. This one referee would wrestle, and I started to the scores table, and he yells at me from the mat. Coach, hold on. You don't need to do that. Just tell me what I did wrong. Right. Holy smokes. Uh, yeah, well, you did this. But, I, you know, baseball, the referees didn't like me because they, they hated it. Because I wouldn't let them get away with that stuff, and it was embarrassing. In Alabama, I had a referee that jumped all over. He's a big guy. You know, he was all muscled up and everything. And I, I went out to him. I told him this kid from Anderson High School, uh, my kid was leg. And the kid from Anderson High School was the dirtiest wrestler I've ever seen. His first move, move off the bottom is to come back with his elbow and try to catch a kid in the face. And I, I saw this. We, I scouted, you know, because Anderson... When I was in Jacksonville, was just down the road, just 15 miles. So I scouted Anderson. And so here we are in a tournament, and I said, this kid's dirty. You've got to watch him. He's, he'll break every rule you ever saw. And my kid threw legs in. Their kid stood up, grabbed my kid in the headlock, walked over to the edge of the mat to the floor, not the, 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 school, the concrete floor, and drove his head into the floor. Momentarily knocking him out just for a couple of seconds. And I ran over there and pulled that kid off my kid. And the referee grabs me and says, What are you doing? I said, I said, I told you about this guy. I warned you and you let it happen. I said, You're responsible for his safety. How can you call yourself a you know, and he got embarrassed. He started looking around who's listening to this. And, uh, you know, I'm giving him what for. You know, you can't do that kind of thing. And, boy, he bowed up to me. And I thought, oh, shit, I, you know, I'm in trouble now. They do. But, uh, anyway, I don't remember how it turned out. But I do know this. When I quit uh, uh, coaching in Alabama and went to Florida, and he told me, you know what, in my last match, he, he was one of the officials. And he said, I heard you leaving. I said, yeah, that's right. He said, I just want to say this. He said, we've had our differences over the years. You're the best wrestling coach I've ever seen, and you've taught me a lot as a referee. And I thought, geez, that's nice. That's nice that people, nice that people you know, can grow. Anybody appreciates what you're doing sometimes. I don't, you know, I feel that way all the time. But uh, there you go. Well, I think you'd be surprised. I think there's a lot of... Uh, 
I think there's a lot of people that got a Bob Murphy high on their appreciation list. Um, so let me, so let, let me, uh, I got a meeting to go to in a little bit. So let me ask yeah. you this, um, just to kind of put a wrap on it. Um, you know, you've, re- you've been a, you know, consistent wrestler all your life, whether as an athlete or a coach, um, yeah. across, you know, all over the South. Um, you know, what can you kind of, impart something to the North Florida wrestling community, which also extends to, you know, Southern Alabama. My whole life since I left Pennsylvania, I have been the coach, you know, in one way or another. I've been the teacher for sure. You know, wherever I was, because they didn't have adequate coaching. That damn Pennsylvania bunch taught me a lot. Of course, I loved it, so I studied it. But even all through High school, and then college, and four different coaches in college. So, and they didn't. None of them wrestled. So, who get get who gets the coach? Yourself. Anyway, so your your question was what? Say again. Well, no, it's just you know you've you've had such a wealth of experience. So you know, can you can you just you know speak to? where florida and alabama wrestling is uh, you know your feelings on it you know where it play you know places in your heart you know just whatever you you feel whenever someone mentions florida and alabama wrestling you know how do you well here yeah well here's alabama wrestling was not as good as florida wrestling and it's mostly because of the transplants you get those northern kids from pennsylvania new york got good wrestling uh pretty good wrestling um you know all those northern schools Usually have pretty good wrestling program. You start getting those people down there, and it's and then they, it's like even though you're you're wrestling those teams that have good northern coaches, you pick up some of their stuff and start teaching it to your kids. Even you know, and, and that helps. You know, and of course, it's very important if you as a coach if you see a move you haven't seen and you like it, go up and ask somebody how to show you how it's done. And it'll either be a coach or a wrestler. Some coaches won't tell you, and uh, but sometimes they will. You know, but you got to ask, and it'll help. Uh, but I would say Florida wrestling because of that. Well, today, you know, you can catch up a lot if you spend a lot of money bringing in clinicians or going to camps. And then wrestling in the off season is more important than anything. 